Science Beer Review Episode Let's Talk Sharks! Welcome once again to Science Beer Review. How is everybody? Yay! So we are um, published uh, writers associated with academia, and we try to inspire improvised sketches using scientific stories. Our aim is to have fun while making you think. Would you know the best way to make you think? It is to check us for errors, because we do this kind of live, and some errors might slip through the cracks even though we should make less errors than a non-science-related person, since we're talking about science that we're supposed to be aware of. So the way this works, we're going to have each of us describe a paper from the recent primary literature, and we'll use this paper uh, as a way to inspire an improvised comedy sketch. The other people know nothing about this story, and we hear it for the first time along with you, the audience. So it really is improvised. And now that we have set up expectations, let the games begin. Our improvisers for today are... Camille, evolutionary biologist. Hedwig, evolutionary ecologist. Suzanne, computer scientist. And me, Paris, evolutionary biologist. Cheers! The first uh, game we're going to play today is called Cool Paper. And I think Camille has brought the best paper ever. So the paper I brought is actually not really paper yet. It's it published as a preprint. So it's a preliminary study, which was already published available to scientists, but it should not be considered as ground truth because it was not reviewed by community. The title says, Find the Conversation Killers, a predictive study of thread-adding posts by Juan Ho Yahoo, and it's available at Archive. This study was analyzing a Reddit forum and uh, about 10,000 movies or movie scripts and uh, evaluated what kind of sentences are ending conversation, what to say to kill the conversation. They made a quite complicated prediction model uh, so they could like algorithmically categorize sentences in those that are ending conversation and those that are not. What they found is that, for example, words like as, but, or you are ending conversations more likely. Or like, if you say these words, it's less likely that somebody will reply. On the other hand, if you use a polite words like Mr. or Mrs. or description words that are probably related to your empirical experience, like heard or seen, or your own feelings like care, then you're more likely to get an answer. What is interesting is, or, okay, not really that interesting, it's more like, obvious, in fact, that the length of the thread is reducing likelihood of somebody replying. What I found amazing is that the length of the post increased the probability of being a killer in a movie. So if you have in a movie long dialogue, it's unlikely that somebody will answer. But on the other hand, on forums, it works in completely opposite direction. If you write a long post on Reddit, it's way more likely that somebody will answer you than there'll be some reverse. Exact opposite patterns goes with sentiment. If you increase 
sentiment in your statement, it will decrease likelihood of somebody answering. So having sentiment in your Reddit posts is a threat killer. But on the other hand, sentiment in movies was something would have promoted conversation. And uh, they also emphasized that their model was very smart, that they could uh, dis- distinguish between sit down and sit and down, because sit and down are both common words which are should not be associated with threat killing. But if somebody says sit down, it's a very aggressive statement, so it should be considered together. And also their model was pretty good in distinguishing questions and the rhetorical questions, because questions are also promoting uh, answers, but the rhetorical questions, not that much. So would you say that there's an exact uh, opposition between what will create conversation in real life or in movies and what will create conversation on a forum? I think they share a lot of patterns, but not in everything. The authors of this paper are were discussing that uh, maybe reading and listening are not the same thing. That's why the length of the post is something what is not a problem because we are good in reading, but uh, paying attention to what somebody is saying for a long time might be a problem, which kind of reminds me that maybe I should stop speaking. Well, I have one question, though. I, I might have not completely understood it, but you said that if you add a sentiment in there, people are less likely to reply. But then you said before, if you add words like herring, people are more able or more likely to reply. So what is the difference between sentiment or emotions compared to the first thing like herring? Right. Uh, sentiment works differently in, in a real-life conversation or the movies, and it works differently in uh, forums. So in forums, sentiment uh, uh, decreases. And I think that there will be a difference between overwhelming text with sentiment. So they had uh, some sentiment coefficient where they identified words that are uh, full of emotions and using just a personalized uh, words on individual basis, like like or care. And every sentiment, it either if it was a very happy sentiment, a positive, or a very negative sentiment, they all lumped sentiments. It's just one big thing. They, they had positive and negative sentiment, but I have not uh, write down what was the individual conclusion. But I think it makes total sense that if you're talking to people in real life and they share their feelings, you will take that as an invitation to keep on talking to them. Whereas if you're speaking to someone that you cannot see over the screen in a forum and that person starts babbling about what he's angry about, you'll just realize that the conversation can't go anywhere because this is becoming emotional, but you can't really understand the intensity of emotions over the screen. So you will quit the conversation. That sounds very reasonable, but nobody before have pointed it out. Right. That's right. It's a preprint article. (laughs) Awesome. One last question. When you said that words such as but, as, and you will close the conversation. Mm -hmm. You as in (laughs) Y-O-U. Thank you for pointing this out. I forgot to say that you should be capitalized with you, like Y-O-U in capital letters, which is this like uh, imperative you, this like you. (laughs) So if you impose something on someone, that will also close the conversation. Exactly. Right. Okay. So is there a one sentence summary? If there's a conversation you're not feeling confident in, just say, but you ass. Wait, is it ass with double ass or single ass? <laughs> double ass. <laughs> but you ass. What? But you ass.
But you as as what? But you yes me as as what? As a but as a but. I am as a but. But I am as you. Right, I see the communication problem you're having, and I'm very happy you came for counseling. It's clear that, uh, that you have some issues, so I'll be very happy to help you. Yes, because she keeps on saying the same words, and it's a conversation blocker. I see. What would you have to say, Dorothy, about this? My feelings. <laughs> There we go. No one wants to reply to that, of course. Oh, sorry, continue. My... This is a very safe place, so you should feel like you can explore your feelings in this room. My feelings. Absolutely. Your feelings. Like she has feelings. But you ass! See, there she goes again. Conversation blocker. We're not getting anywhere. You're already our third therapist. Your what? feelings. Yes, what with them? As you but. I'm not going to speak about my feelings here because I know it's a conversation blocker. That is your task to be the conversation blocker. Well, you see, this cannot be true because you are having a conversation with your partner, Samantha, even though your only topic of conversation seems to be about a conversation blocker. So how do you feel about this? Doctor, I am trying to talk about feelings, my feelings. Your feelings, Samantha. Yes, Christine, what about them? I have no idea what we're doing here because I can't connect with her at all. She says, but you as feelings, what am I supposed to do with that? Doctor, Samantha called me Christine. That's her ex's name. She does that all the time. The reason why I call her Christine is that because that is her nickname that she uses on the web. I know it. I've been checking you on Reddit. I've been reading your comments. I know that you're testing the but you as on me and it's not working and it's not working on the internet because you do the same strategy. It's not working. Your feelings do not work. Everything you do, I've been reading it. Every time you write something, the conversation stops. That's true. Oh, you must be Christine Us on, on Reddit. Yes, that's her. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I've been following your posts and uh, indeed... Uh, they go nowhere, go, do they? Well, they go to a very specific place. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to be interesting. A place no one wants to follow for certain reasons. Well, yes. So I would suggest uh, you should consider putting your posts in a part of the internet that's more associated with your interests. I, I feel like we're getting somewhere. Look, the truth is, I'm trying to discuss feelings. But then it becomes very, very frightening, very quickly. And then... And then I use these three words to put it down before it overwhelms me. Why did you never say that before? Because I feel like now we're having a connection. Now I finally know what you're doing on Reddit the whole time. Don't do it on Reddit. Do it at home with me. Because if you share your feelings with me, you don't have to do it with the internet. They don't need to know everything about you. As... But you as but you you out of my office time is up Our next uh, story is a cool paper 
which was published in Trends in Ecology and Evolution in 2016. First author is George Roff, and the title is The Ecological Role of Sharks on Coral Reefs. So it's about um, food webs and sharks. Sharks are an apex predator. It means they have no enemies, they, and they can have direct effects in the ecosystem by eating everything else, and indirect effects because the things they eat stop uh, having their ecological function. So if you study sharks, you can gain a lot of uh, information about an ecosystem. And also, uh, sharks are a flagship species, which is a species that uh, connects to the public, and it's a big, obvious thing. Usually they're cute and nice, and people care about them. And along with attracting public attention to ecological issues, they tend to be on the top of the food chain and are therefore very good indicators of the whole health of an ecosystem. Speaking of the food chain, this paper is about a food chain uh, effects of uh, presence and absence of sharks. The apex predator tends to be in the top, so you can think of the food chain as a pyramid, uh, but actually it's called a food web, so it can be more complicated than a pyramid. And it's a review on the effects of uh, removing sharks on a particular ecosystem, which is coral reefs, which are apparently a very complicated ecosystem with lots of species and lots of microenvironments and interactions between other species. I found some shark names interesting. So apex predators, big sharks that can be bigger than three meters, are the tiger shark and the hammerhead shark. And they can feed on marine mammals. There are also other sharks that are smaller and they can be uh, considered mesopredators. That is, they can be predated by bigger things, but uh, if the big sharks go away, then these become the top predator. And an interesting species name for this is um, Carcharinus amblirincos. I'm Greek and I'm struggling with this. It's amazing. And the other one is a hemiskilun, which means half dog. I guess sharks are called dogfish in some place. So I guess that's where the name comes from. <laughs> in uh, any case, if there are lots of uh, mesopredators, that is intermediate predators, it means the food web is complicated. So possibly removing a single top predator will not have a big effect because its effects can be directed to other parts of, of the food web. The way to characterize the position of the food web of an individual, so to know whether a shark is a top predator or not, is to either... Analyze their stomach content so you see what they eat, so you can directly observe which part of the food web they, they directly predate on. Or you can do stable isotope analysis, which again is a way to tell how high they are on the food chain. Because animals accumulate some isotopes, so animals that eat lots of steps up the food chain will have more of these isotopes. In any case, the first thing they did was to characterize different shark species on their position on the food web, so they don't all necessarily have to be on the top. And they also compared food webs that have sharks and that don't have sharks. And the ones that don't have sharks are ones that are overfished by humans. And the idea was to check whether the food webs with sharks and without sharks are different. And surprisingly, they're not different. So even though a shark is a top predator and it's supposed to have lots of effects on food webs and it's supposed to be a um, flagship species, so it can give us an idea of how the ecosystem functions, actually, there is very little evidence that... Um, the abundance of sharks affects an ecosystem. And probably that is because the coral ecosystems are very complicated. So there can be many other interactions that compensate for the lack of having sharks. There are three explanations for why sharks don't affect the food chain. One is that even though we compare overfished and not overfished 
ecosystems. Actually, the normal abundance of sharks is even higher than the non-overfished ecosystems because the data we have is, I don't know, 50 years old. And possibly humans were in these places a thousand years ago and may have overfished sharks much before we had data. Does overfished mean that there are too many fish? No, it means that a lot too of many fish are, are, are taken out of the system. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought at first and then I got confused. Yeah, overfishing, too much fishing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, another reason for sharks not affecting the food chain is that actually they don't predate much because even though they look big and scary, they only take a very small proportion of the available uh, other animals in the ecosystem. And the last reason is what I already said before, which is that other sharks that are smaller species can take the ecological function of a top predator once the top predator is missing. In that case, the food web is not a pyramid at all. It's a complex web of interactions. The importance between these three different explanations is that only the first one means that the sharks were ever important for food webs. So this is a big review <laughs> that in the end finds something opposite to the original expectation, which is the absence of the top predator doesn't affect the food web, possibly because of the complexity of the food web. So would you say that when human beings are fishing very intensely in a place, the shark will migrate somewhere else? It means that the humans are the top predator even above the shark and they remove the sharks. Do you have any idea how this paper was perceived? Because basically, if you interpret this in a very free and perhaps wrong way, you can say, fishing sharks, you can kill them all. Just start fishing them even more for their shark fins for in the soup. Absolutely. In fact, one of the conclusions is that even if we conserved sharks, we would not be helping the health of the ecosystems they're associated with. And if we conserved the ecosystems, we would still need to specially try to conserve sharks. That's brutal. It means we need to do double the work, actually. Yes, which is the opposite of what we usually do with flagship species. Normally, if we manage to have the flagship species being healthy, it means that the whole ecosystem is healthy. It's a good proxy for the health of an ecosystem. So the sharks are not flagship species. I wonder if sharks are actually should be considered as flagship species. That's right. I really need to check the definition of a flagship species. It's either one we just choose as a one the public connects with or one that is a, actually a proxy of the whole ecosystem health. Yes, and if it's the latter, indeed, sharks are not a flagship species. Paris? Could you give us an example of a flagship species from um, some terrestrial environment? Absolutely. The panda. <laughs> if, if pandas are alive, I expect it means the bamboo forest is healthy because pandas only eat bamboo. So instead of looking at the health of lots of bamboo, you just count the pandas. Actually, I'm not sure which of the two is easier, but that would hopefully be an example of a flagship species. And nobody eats a panda? Well, <laughs> I have been told Chinese people will eat everything, but <laughs> officially I expect not. So could you summarize it by one sentence? Contrary to expectations, sharks being removed from an ecosystem don't affect its health. Mom, I've decided I'm going to sell our flag Our flag does not indicate anything. I do not feel associated with it. I'm done with it. Darling, you, you cannot sell our family flag. It's, it's our heritage. So, what if I don't care about that? How can you not care about your ancestor? Do you know what will happen if we will sell our flag? Tell me. We will lose our dignity. 
How our neighbors are going to look at our garden if there won't be a flag? It will be disaster. Our family symbols are hammer for a reason. Sure, like what reason? Because we are very good at hammering. You're constantly hammering on the fact that we're good at hammering. I've never actually seen you hammering. I do not want this flag anymore. Ding dong. Ah,、uh, hello, Mrs. Smith. Yes. I have a parcel for you. Only half of it made it. There you go. Okay. Goodbye. Darling, who was it? Well, uh, so actually, I've already been sort of selling our flag, and as a return,、uh, someone gave me a half parcel because I said I don't feel related to our flag anymore, but I do feel related to our neighbor's flag, and they are half people. I mean, they have half a dog, and half a cat, and half a fish, and now I thought I could join them by having. Half a parcel, so I'm now going to the neighbors with the half parcel. Goodbye, mum. We cut to the neighbor, Mr. Worthington, who was a shark of Wall Street, and is enjoying a martini by his swimming pool. Oh, Mrs. Smith. Hello. I've come to you with a very interesting proposal. A proposal, Mrs. Smith. So what I've come to tell you. Is that I can be a part of your family. I can increase the complexity of it, and with me, as a good sign of offer, I'm giving you half a parcel. Hmm. Because you know that your grandfather is probably not going to live long anymore. So I thought if I would now join your family as a measles predator, let's just say that word. I am gonna make your family, which I can see as a food web, a bit more complex. So whenever then your grandfather will pass away, your family will be stable. Interesting offer, Mrs. Smith.、Oh, you do、yeah. not know, but we have been looking for a wife for my son, and we have been hoping to find one before the grandfather passes away. <laughs> so <clears throat> yes, this might be interesting. To have you join our family, so you accept my offer of half a, half a parcel, of course, Mrs. Smith. Mom, mom, I made it to the family. What? You? How dare you to steal my daughter? She's so innocent. Well, the other Mrs. Smith. It is your daughter who has come to us. Mom, I'm old enough now. To make my own decisions. But she's just thirteen. Don't you see? She's she's in puberty. She's always screaming and running away. I'm very mature for my age. Actually, the priest is arriving to marry her to my son. So contrary to your assumptions, I'm not gonna be in your family anymore. I've chosen my family. <laughs> I cannot stand this. Step aside, old lady. We have gathered here today. Please, please, Mister Worthington. I've told you, release the tiger when、uh, the thieves come, not when the priests come. Oh, you see, my tiger seems to like your flesh very much. It looks indeed very healthy. I have to say, here is my son. He's arrived to marry Mrs. Smith. <coughs> Hello, Daniel. Yes. How are you today? Oh, all right. 
Excellent. So, as I was saying, uh, we have gathered here today to marry Daniel and uh, Gertrude Smith in holy matrimony. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You mean that this has been a blind wedding? No way. I'm just saying this sensual hello to my wife. Oh, I, I just... Uh, not uh, familiar with uh, the way young people talk these days. Shut up, tiger. <laughs> right, so um, would someone have uh, any problem with this uh, wedding? Let them speak now. I do! I will hammer you all! Mom! You've never seen me hammering! You see this? How I hammer this tiger! Tiger has just passed away. Well, I do offer funeral services, and I would be very happy. I would like to see how your family is going to work now when your top predator is dead. I would like to see how your family is going to work now without your daughter and your flag. You bought the flag? Yes. (laughs) You're so evil. (laughs) Mom, you ruined my wedding. Go away. You're not marrying anybody. I am. I think you should take the tiger with you when you leave, because he's now bleeding everywhere. I happen to know a very good taxidermist. They could make a very nice fur for you. White tiger fur. The money you will get for this. You can then sell parts to other people, and they will have to find other furs to sell to other people, like, you know, a pyramid scheme. Lady, I really think you should leave. (laughs) Don't touch me! Please, let me help you. I think we will be alright. Marry them already now, priest! I say yes! I say yes! I say yes! Uh, excellent. You are now husband and wife. And now you may kiss the bride. Oh. Again? Well, I'm supposed to be master of ceremonies here. You rich people, you think you matter? You have nothing to do with the health of my legs. Father, can you release the tiger, please? Oh no, not the other tiger! Ah, Jesus! Actually, I think I will release it, for it is now time for the apero after the ceremony. And, um, please, my dear new daughter, bring me a new martini, for this one is empty. Absolutely, father! Three years later, we figure out that family still happily living, even though tiger have died. everyone. We hope that you have been as inspired as we have. You can check out more Catalyst projects at www.thecatalyst.ch. Our amazing music was composed and performed by Primitivo. Thank you for clicking on us. (laughs) 